3: That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.
4: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's Pee Wee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This is
2: Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre.
5: What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Thursday. December 22nd, as we discussed earlier this week on the pod, this will be the final podcast for Christmas week. We will return next week. As I know, not a lot of people are going to be sitting around listening to podcasts when they're hanging out with their family, wrapping last minute gifts, going to the mall to get last minute presents. Do people do that anymore? Or they just order everything on Amazon. Amazon's not a sponsor. I should not mention them. Um, so this will be a big one. We have a great guest today, a first timer on the pod Gambling analyst, obviously, this usually would be our Friday pod, so we'll have best bets at the end of the podcast. Don't go ahead and skip to the end just to get the picks and hopefully make some money. College basketball picks have been pretty good this week if you're on IG stories. Um, Don't post those on Twitter, just Instagram stories, you know, for the real ones. The, what do they call them? The T1s, I guess Rob G. calls them. The the serious, hardcore podcast listeners who listen to the end, listen to every episode. You never know when you're going to get a kernel of wisdom Or a bucket of cash for a wager. Now, I haven't done any NBA bets on the podcast. But, oh my gosh. Did you guys see what happened last night in Brooklyn? Golden State Warriors go to Brooklyn and are down 46-17 after one quarter. One quarter. No Kyrie Irving, by the way. It was Kevin Durant, Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris. Nice to see him back. Uh, TJ Warren getting some buckets. Folks. Brooklyn had 91 points at halftime. Halftime! You know, my son, he has a sixth-grade basketball team. We're going to meet most of the guys this week. And I think we got a pretty good team. He, you know, he's scouting at recess and telling me, oh, this guy's really good. He's gotten so good, Dad. we got to get him. So I go out and get these guys. So we'll see him today. We probably have the best player in the league, but, you know, don't tell anyone. Um, So I'm excited to see them. And we may be hanging up Brooklyn on Golden State-type numbers. I mean, 91-and-a-half? Are you kidding me? Golden State not playing any defense. They lose 143 to 113. At one point, they were down 40. They end up losing by 30. (sighs) If you're looking for a silver lining, James Wiseman had 30 points. I'm assuming all of it was in garbage time since the final three quarters were garbage time. 30 points. I guess that's got to be a career high for Wiseman. Um I don't know. Are the Brooklyn Nets good? I see the record is 19 and 12. They're like shockingly surging. The Brooklyn Nets. It's interesting. We've heard nothing out of Kyrie. Boy, if you really want to, if you're a team, if you're doing some opposition research and you're on like the Celtics or the Bucks, and you want to get under the Nets' skin, just think of something you can do to get Kyrie Irving talking. I honestly haven't heard anything he said. Maybe he's dodging the media. Pretty smart move on his part because as he's kept it quiet, the nets are rolling. And I know some people want to say, hey, Jay, your guy, Steve Nash, they fire him. And now they're on a tear. Also true. I don't know. Uh, maybe we could give the new coach. Is it Jacques Vaughn? I think it is. That's how distant I've been from Brooklyn and the NBA. Brooklyn's good now, though. 19-12. and 12. At about the what is this, like the two fifths mark, something like that? I don't know. Whatever. It's December NBA action. It's fantastic. Um so at any rate, the Warriors are really struggling. Fifteen and seventeen. This is crazy. Three and fifteen on the highway. That is staggeringly bad for a franchise that has been just pretty incredible for like the last half decade. I, I don't know what on earth has happened to them. Tough to lock in, I guess, after a uh, championship last year. But it was a it was a rough night for the, the best teams in the league. The Bucs got 45 from Giannis and lost to the Cavs, who were really good. And the Celtics lost to the Pacers. So the top two teams in the East lost. The defending champs from the West lost. It's December. It's the NBA. That's what's happening. There was one little item on the N- NFL front, obviously before we get to picks and gambling. And it's that Nick Foles. <sighs> He's back as the starter. I I wrote this down in my notes as I was uh, jotting down some stuff as I prepare for the weekend, week 16. This is the ninth team in the NFL this season. Ninth. To play a third quarterback. Nine teams have started three different quarterbacks. And the season's not over yet. So the Panthers, let's see if you, we'll do a quick game. Can you name the three starters for each of the teams? Panthers would be Baker, Oh my gosh, I'm spacing on the skinny guy. I can't remember his name. Obviously, Baker, Sam Darnold, and I'm seeing Malik Willis in my head, but it's obviously not him. P.J. Walker, there it is. Miami Dolphins, Skylar something or other, Skylar Thompson, Tua, Teddy Bridgewater, Houston Texans, uh, Driscoll, Davis Mills, and Kyle Kyle Allen. Jets, well, that one's very easy Joe Flacco Mike White Zach Wilson Patriots have started 3 huh Bailey Zappi Mac Jones ooh we're going to have to come back to that i would have oh is it Brian Hoyer might be Brian Hoyer 49ers easy Brock Purdy Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo Rams uh, they're technically on their fourth but for scoring purposes, we will just do three. The Rams three starters, Matt Stafford, Baker Mayfield, and, oh, Bryce Perkins. Yes, and then John Wolford before. This is how nerdy I am on the NFL. Holy cow. I'm sure there's some people listening at home who are getting all these. And the Arizona Cardinals would be Kyler Murray, uh, Colt McCoy, and then the new guy who's starting this week, they just announced it, Trace McSorley and I think we talked about him on the podcast this week former Penn State kid folks uh, we did extend the NFL season by a game but this is this is not great the i mean the product is rough i already talked about the christmas day games uh, it looks like Russell Wilson's coming back for the Broncos or you're looking at backups in that one it's it's tough we got to I, I know you don't, you hate the flags protecting the quarterbacks but nine teams have started three quarterbacks you can't get through the season with, with with your starter healthy, you have to go to a backup and then a third stringer? Man, that is bleak. And I'm sure there are some teams that could be looking at a third quarterback. Um, You know, Washington has had two. Um, Dallas has had two. Who else? Philadelphia is on their backup this week. New Orleans. How is New Orleans not on that list? Oh, I guess Jameis has not taken a snap yet. Yeah. Um, Green Bay saw Jordan Love. Detroit's been healthy. You know, it's funny. The teams that are supremely healthy at quarterback, shocker. Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow. Combined mis- games missed, zero. Ravens are fading. They had their backup. Chargers are fading. They had their backup. Dolphins are fading. They've had their backup. Eagles. I mean, Jalen Hurts has played every game. He's the MVP. Kirk Cousins hasn't missed a game. Now, the Niners are the exception, obviously. Tampa Bay's had Brady. Dallas did have the backup. But the Giants, I don't know if the Giants have gone to the backup. They might have. Washington's gone to the backup. It's just been a weird season. They're all weird. You could say that about every NFL season. But um, obviously, we're enjoying it greatly. I know some people are asking for college football bowl picks. And I don't know. I'm just reluctant to go in unless you really look deeply at all the guys who— are opting out because the opt-outs I'm seeing stories that there's a record number of opt-outs for bowl games and I'm with them. Like what's the point of playing? Just go focus on the NFL. A lot of guys are like transfer portal, you know, transfer portal is growing. What's the point? So if you can't really do the homework on how many guys are down and, and again, we're looking at like bad bowl games. It's like, I mean, if somebody has a real slam dunk winner because of knowledge, inside knowledge that you got on a certain team and you follow them closely, there's just too much happening around the holidays, Right. Just too many sports going on, too much life getting in the way to dig into bowl games. I haven't watched one minute of any of the bowl games yet. I don't even know when they are. I think a lot of them are the final week of the year, but, you know, guests will be working most of those days. Yeah, me. Anyways, without further ado, let's get to our guest for the final podcast before the Christmas break. You know him. You love him. Well, I think you will after this podcast. Jared Smith. From PixWise.
2: You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports.
5: I know what sports fans
0: want, but for everything he doesn't,
2: he knows a guy who does.
0: Let's just say I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy.
5: All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire a new guest on the podcast. You know, we like to feature new guys who are on the up and up rising stars in the gambling industry. And the bonus here
6: is that this gentleman is a Jets fan.
5: Cause we don't talk about the Jets enough on the podcast. Jared Smith from picks wise. Jared, how are you, man?
6: Okay, we did a little commiserating before we came on here, but you're right. Overall, Jason, it's been trending in a, in a positive direction. I think I'm a big yeah, Robert yeah. Sala guy, as I'm sure you are. too. Just, just got to figure out the quarterback situation. I mean, there's yeah. small things like the quarterback, you know, just little uh, things like that. Yeah. No, no biggie. <laughs>
5: So, Jared uh, also co-hosts the Bet MGM show every Saturday on Fox Sports Radio. And, uh, you know, Jared, usually we do our big gambling segments for Friday's pod. But this year we took Friday off for the Christmas holiday. Um, So we're previewing it a day early. Now, listen, it's tough to give out picks this early in the week. There's still injury reports. Um, You know, there, there's guys who, Lamar Jackson, for instance, hasn't practiced yet. Like, how, how do we handle that? So we'll just handicap whatever games best we can. And listen, this is a Christmas week or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate. So maybe you're not laying the lumber like uh, you normally would, say, in a mid-October um, game. But let's start with Thursday night football, shall we, sure. Jared? Uh, you are a Jets fan. The Jets number is ticking up to minus one and a half, public all over Jacksonville. And yet the market is telling you the Jets are the side. Now I, two weeks ago I had my I think second best week of the season went five and zero in the contest. It was I, great, glorious. And last week I I was on the Jets and others one three and one didn't really cut the mustard. Um, I'm staying away from this game. Do you have anything on Jets Jags?
6: I I was on the Jets last week too. I thought it was a really good spot for them. And and listen, I, I I thought they played well. I thought the defense played well. They gave up a special teams touchdown, and you know you credit Ben Johnson. They kind of out flanked the jets on that fourth and one play but for the most part it's been a very positive season for the jets defense so positive in fact the teams aren't even targeting sauce gardner anymore he wasn't yeah. targeted at all by the lions last week and i i thought it was a very unique um approach to the game because early i i did think the lions were making some hay in the jets typical man coverage and then the jets kind of switched it up in the second half went zone and that's not something the Jets do often. But again, it, it shows Robert Salas flexibility. And it also shows the talent because, you know, to switch schemes like that mid game to make an adjustment like that, you have to be confident, especially with your secondary to go from man to zone. And, and I do think, that that's where the Jets strength is and, and that's where I would say Jacksonville strength is too because Trevor Lawrence has taken some massive steps forward last week he yeah. threw his first interception in six games but what we're starting to see is the body language and the decision making and some of the polish that I think Doug Peterson brings to the table is really starting to make leaps and bounds but now it's a short week you're going outdoors to a tough environment there's going to be you would think some weather this week I'm hearing weather across the league this week in all the outdoor oh, yeah. games and he's a little bit banged up too so I, I do think the Jets 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 defense, this is, I mean, both teams backs against the wall, especially the Jags in the AFC South. But I I do think the Jets defense continues to be the driving force. Now, Zach Wilson, very erratic. And the metrics are really bad. 54% adjusted accuracy. They really struggled to run the ball. The Lions basically just stacked the box and said, okay. I dare you, Zach. And he made some throws, some flashes, but I, I think the down to down stuff. More
5: yards, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Seven
6: big plays, yeah. I, I just think it's the down to down stuff that just scares me a little bit, Jason. So I, I, I'm concerned with the pass rush. It helps that Trayvon Walker won't play in this game. But I, I think the market, you're right. When I'm kind of back and forth like this, and I think the Jaguars, better offense, better quarterback, Jets, better defense, maybe better coach. You can make an argument there. I, I think I trust the market because that's where the sharp bettors are betting. And you're right. We've seen this line move towards the Jets. And I, I think if I were to play it, that's where I'd go.
5: Now, the total's down 42 all the way to 37. As you said, uh, it seems like wind and weather is not going to be great. I'll say this, Jared. Uh, the Cowboys have an elite defense, according to Football Outsiders, and all the advanced stats. The Jags had 503 yards of offense, 7.2 yards per play. Yeah. They gashed them. Now, sure. Dallas in the secondary, not as strong, especially as, uh, as the Jets, as you said, Sauce Gardner. You could hear my dog. We, I jokingly call him Sauce because he is a guard dog. Uh, golden Retriever, he's soft. Love that. But um, I don't know. I, I, I was looking at the total, but I'm not getting the best number, not even close to it. No. Um, what about a first half under here? First half under. Uh, does that ever wet your beak?
6: Yeah, I I think the derivative totals can be intriguing if you think you have a vibe on who's going to make the best adjustments. For example, last week, the first half over, I think, came close to cashing with the Jets, but it just missed. Now, this week, you've seen this number drop significantly. In fact, I'm as we're taping this now, I can see the number continue to drop on my screen here, my live odd screen. So maybe it's weather. Maybe it's someone caught wind of some personnel um, for either team playing. But when you're betting first half unders, and actually it's funny, the only first half bets I usually make are unders and the, yeah. the handicap behind it is you want to avoid the madness that comes in the fourth quarter, the witching hour, right? You know that just to stay away from that, teams get very you know uber aggressive and they break tendencies, so it's harder to use any metrics you know, in the first half for an over than it would be for an under when things do play out a little more true, whereas second halves tend to go over. So, yeah, if I were to play the total, I don't love playing unders at low numbers unless I really have a strong vibe. I don't here, especially because I can see the Jets making some explosive plays. And with the volatility of Zach Wilson, that could be points on the other end too. short fields for Jacksonville's offense. So when I have quarterbacks, especially a Jets offense that It doesn't run the ball as effectively as I'd like them to. Maybe they have a little more success in this game, but I really thought last week that was going to be the Jets offense because Donovan Knight's numbers had popped, but the Lions just completely schemed that out. I'm guessing the Jacksonville defensive staff watched that game film, and they're probably going to employ a similar strategy this week, and they're going to make Zach Wilson beat them, and that's where some of the volatility, I think, with points and yards can come into play.
5: Yeah, the other thing is uh, Salah doesn't want to lose the game in the first half. As we've seen, he was super conservative with Mike White in Minnesota. He doesn't want to open it up if he doesn't have to. Now, if you fall behind 14-0, you know, it's a different story. But I think the game script will be a lot of running for the Jets. By the way, the Cowboys ran all over the Jags. So, like you said, Zonovan Knight under 17 and a half would be the play for me on Jets-Jags. Let's move to Saturday. Obviously, Christmas Eve, everything pushed up. I I, I don't have a lot that I've laid yet. Um, I'll throw out this one day I'll go. We'll go one for one. I am on the Eagles. I took the six. Okay. It has been pinging around since Hertz was rumored to be unlikely to play, and now maybe he might go. The Eagles are playing mind games with uh, Dan Quinn and the defense. Yeah. I took the six. I see it at five and a half now. Um, is this one you want to touch, or is this just like the marquee uh, four p.m. game, Christmas Eve? You got to sneak out and watch in church. Um yeah. You know, and you're going to root for the dog.
6: I think this is such a fun game from a betting perspective, yeah. because anytime there's volatility, Jason, with, with the gambling markets, it it, it breeds opportunity. So I, I think I fortunately had a vibe that it was a good buy low spot for the Cowboys way before any news dropped on Jalen Hurts Sunday night. We actually dropped the column on Sunday night. We do an early birds column on PicksWise, mm-hmm. and, and we dropped – um, uh, Cowboys minus one and a half. And, and I, I didn't even bet it because I thought the number would be around because in my mind, I'm like, Oh yeah, everyone's going to you know look at the Eagles as an underdog this week. They're going to want to bet the Eagles. So I'm going to have a chance to bet this later in the week. And then we'll see what injury stuff shakes out, wake up on Monday and then, and then all heck breaks loose. I eventually got to the window on the Cowboys laying three. And then I started to see even more chaos, you know, ensue. Hmm. And it does look like now, I think this line closes around six if it is Minshew. My numbers have Minshew about a five, five and a half point drop off from Hertz. So if you go one and a half, I think six is probably a fair target for where this closes. So at six with Philly, you probably got the best number that you're going to get. This is such a it's such a fascinating matchup. Let's just put let's just take the quarterbacks out of the equation for a second. And let's just talk about the trenches. Because I think that's where these two teams really eat. And we all love to talk about the offenses and, you know, the receivers and CeeDee Lamb and Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, all these guys. But this this is two teams that I think do it better than anyone in the trenches. Dallas has the highest pressure rate in the NFL defensively, and they're outside the top 10 in blitz rate. And the reason why that's important to me, if you can sustain pressure at a high level on the quarterback and not commit extra guys in the box by blitzing, you are an elite defense. The Jets do that better than anyone. The Cowboys are another team that do that really well. They're a second uh, top five team in pass rush win rate. Obviously, Micah Parsons, Lawrence, like they get after you on the defensive line and the Eagles offensive line, I think maybe was one of the best in the NFL. So that matchup's fascinating. And then if you flip it, I, I love what I've seen with this Eagles defensive front. I, I think they've been a little bit I don't want to say exposed, but I think the the names don't match the production with Sue and Joseph and some other guys, Cox and Graham. They haven't lived up to some of their, you know, the back of their jerseys. But you've got Reddick and Sweat that are playing at a very high level. And then you've got the Cowboys offensive line with Martin and B-dash. I mean, they're they're really talented up front, too. I think the Eagles have a little bit of a weakness stopping the run. And that's where I think Dallas can cause some problems in this game. And then you throw in the motivational factor and the fact that Dallas just came off a brutal loss. And Phillies, you don't know where their head's at with the Jalen hurts gardner Minshew thing. I could see Mintry stepping in and being fantastic. I mean, he was last year in, in in a limited role, but I could also see it going in the complete opposite direction because he's been super volatile in his career. I think Dallas wins this game, but I think at six, I wouldn't be willing to lay it. At three, I would be willing to lay Dallas. I think at six, I think it's more on the Philly side. But we'll see where this number bounces around for the next couple of days. It should be fun.
5: Yeah, a lot of tight games Saturday. So I started with Eagles. I'll let you fire on one. Is there anything that that looks interesting, or, or maybe uh, you're unsure of that? Uh, like Kansas City favored by ten seems large. I, I had um, I had Kansas City against the Texans last week. I saw that Texans injury report. I mean, they're down top two of their three top cornerbacks, their top two receivers. I mean, Kansas City. Statistically, should have dominated that game, and they did. Yeah, but then you look at the actual game, and you see a couple two fluky, fluky turnovers, a bunch of penalties on third downs. It, it it really hurt taking KC. But um, is there one that jumps out to you this week?
6: I think the bigger spreads can be tough, and especially with a team like the Chiefs, and you know, I'll I'll even throw the Commanders line in there against the Niners. Um, there's another big spread: Bills Bears. That, that's another one that's over a touchdown. This has been historically speaking the tightest. NFL season on record more one score games than ever more games landing on one. And typically in the gambling world, when we see a line at one and a half, we don't really care about betting the money line because in our minds, games don't land one, only eight games landed on one, all of last season. We've almost doubled that total with still three weeks to go this year. So it's been a very unique season Parity in the league um, has been at an all time high. So I'm less willing to lay big numbers. That being said, now that we've gotten down to three with this Texans Titans game, I think I'm willing to lay it with Tennessee. And I know it's Malik Willis but just hmm. doing some simple line analysis here.
5: Oh, wait, is it definitely Willis or it's likely Willis?
6: I, I mean, now that it's at three, I think it's Willis because it was seven earlier in the week. Ah, uh, yeah. So oh. I, I, the market tends to sniff this out. Just like the Jalen Hurts thing, the market knew, the market moved five points on Philly before any Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport Mm -hmm. tweet. And I I think you're going to hear probably in the next 24 to 48 hours that Tannehill, you know, trending in a bad direction, some kind of cryptic tweet that kind of says he's not going to go. But let's just assume that it is Willis here and this line kind of closes right around three. Well, the Titans were a one and a half point favorite on the road against this Texans team back in week eight. So if you assume we're hearing one and a half points for home field advantage. So let's say Titans minus three on a neutral would have been that line eight weeks ago. So you're telling me it's the same line now with the Titans at home and Malik Willis, let's be honest, started a game in Houston, won, beat his divisional rival, then goes to Kansas City the following week, plays at Arrowhead, takes them to overtime. I'm assuming there's been at least some minimal, you know, progression with, with with his experience and and with his just overall vibe of this offense. So it's basically the same line that it was eight weeks ago, but now the Titans are at home and you get eight more weeks of experience under Malik Willis's belt. No, oh, by the way, Derek Henry's gone off for four straight 200 yard games against this Texans defense. How much do they have left in the tank after back-to-back tight games against Dallas and Kansas City, I can see the Titans just bludgeoning them in a spot where their backs are squarely against the wall. Losers of three in a row with that AFC South now hanging in the balance. So I I think this is a big resounding week for the Titans. I'm not going to say Malik Willis is going to light the world on fire. The numbers weren't great when he was in the lineup, but he doesn't have to do much to get Derrick Henry involved. Make a couple of throws. I think Traylon Burks comes back from
0: the concussion this week. I think the Titans are a strong play for me if that line gets to three. Winter's coming here in LA. That means more rain. For others, a wintery combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All season tires, all weather tires, dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Vredestein tires
7: And even... Checkout's not until 4, so...
3: Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.
2: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeart Radio app, search FSR to listen live.
5: I don't know if you remember the last their their meeting late last season. It was either week seventeen or yeah. eighteen. But um, so Titans were eleven point favorites. You know, Derrick Henry's on his streak and um uh, against the tit- Titans, but he actually didn't play in that one. And they led twenty one nothing at the half. I don't know. I don't remember if I was on Tennessee or not. But the Texans did what they've been doing. They like fight hard. Claw back and they get the cover. They don't win, but they get the cover. These divisional matchups, you know, usually it's dog and under, right? Sure. Um, I I I kind of am with you on Tennessee. I you know, I just I don't like this team as much as last year. This Tennessee sure. team banged up in the secondary defensive line's been been hit and miss. Um, interesting that you're laying it with with Henry. Um, I guess the other game I would look at on Saturday before we get to Sunday, which I think has a better slate, is this uh, Browns. Uh, Saints game. Now no. these are two teams unlikely to make the playoffs. I think the Saints have slim hopes. Nick Chubb missed a practice this week. The total is at
0: thirty-two
5: and a half. Wow. Lowest total I've seen in years. Now there are something like five games in the 30s because you mentioned yeah. weather at the outset. Um but I'm worried because I keep thinking Cleveland is ready to rock and Watson's gonna wake up and it just hasn't happened. And I wonder if there is a scenario where Taysom Hill not throwing in 20 mile an hour winds does a lot of read option stuff and they ride Kamara, Taysom Hill and the Saints keep this close. And if I get three with the Saints on the road, am I taking that? Is that crazy?
6: No, it's not. And, you know, I'm seeing some of the sharper shops. This line's kind of hovered around three and anytime it gets back to three, it looks like it's getting bought down pretty quickly. And that's kind of your indicator on where the sharp money is now. The sharp money loses four out of ten times, right? Fifty-five to sixty percent's kind of the you know the, the 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 ceiling for what the best handicappers in the NFL do on a yearly basis. So, but that being said, I I still think three is a fair number. I, I actually crunched some numbers with um, the Browns, the difference between Brissett and Watson, and it's it's pretty stark. Brissett's numbers at least analytically speaking DVOA, they were a top five passing offense with him this year. And right now they're outside the top 20 with Watson. Granted it's it's three games, small sample. Mm -hmm. He hasn't played in two years. Like I think we need to be a little patient. And I think it's fair to say that we've seen slight progression from week to week to week. It was really bad with Houston. (laughs) Maybe it got a little bit better in the second week and now just slightly better last week against the Ravens and you know, a tough game against the divisional opponent. Now you face the saints who are also very, very tough defense and, and, I could see Cleveland struggling to move it here. And the number tells you that there's not going to be a lot of points in this game. So when the number's this low and you're giving me a full field goal, it's basically 10% of the total uh, three points. So absolutely. I want to be on that side of the ledger. I think in this particular case.
5: Now on Christmas day, uh, the lineup is weak because of injuries to, Although Russell Wilson sounds like he's probably coming back. Uh, Stafford out, Kyler Murray out those two games on watch. but I think Packers dolphins is fascinating It seems to me early in the week like everybody's buying the Miami Dolphins. Oh, they've lost three in a row. They're returning home. All is going to be right with Tua. I'm just this defense. I don't think they can stop anybody. And I think I like the Packers at getting four points here.
6: Yeah, Packers since week 10, third best DVOA, their offense, offensive Mm. DVOA in the NFL. So, again, rookies all over the field, wide receiver, I think I read a story a few weeks ago that it was a, you know, it was going to be bad for the Packers offense because the rookies aren't coming around. Well, now they're starting to come around a little bit. And listen, we're in, I know this won't be the vibe in Miami, but you saw it on Monday night. We're in the dog days of winter, as I like to call it the NFL. Now it's kind of the opposite of what we've seen in in baseball during the summer. It's cold, it's windy and green Bay can run the ball. So it doesn't matter as much this game in friendly, you know, South Florida conditions, but big picture, If this team can find a way to sneak into some kind of big game week 18 or even in the wild card round, that's a scary offense because they run the heck out of it. And they've got arguably the MVP of years past still at quarterback who still, I think, has a few bullets left in the chamber. So this is a Dolphins defense that struggles mightily. I'm concerned with Tua long term because I think now Miami did a good job. I give Mike McDaniel a lot of credit. He did make some adjustments. They ran the ball a lot more against Buffalo last week. But big picture, I think the, you know, the, the, the book is out on on what Mike McDaniel wants to do. Deep middle, try to attack those safeties. Well, now you're seeing a lot more robber coverage. You're seeing a lot more, hey, beat us outside the hash marks. I dare you to throw it out there too. And he's not as accurate out there than he is over the middle of the field. So I, I, I think there's going to be some 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 tough games for him down the stretch unless they make some major adjustments. And I know that their wide receiving core a little bit banged up, not 100% like they were early in the year. And defensively, they've, they've really struggled. I mean, they, yeah. they're paying Xavier and Howard a gajillion dollars and he can't cover anything. And I, I think that's a big problem when you're eating up all that equity into one guy that's really struggled at a, at a key position. So Green Bay can absolutely take advantage of that. Now that the number's, you know, north of three, I, I think I'd be on the Packers side for sure.
5: Yeah, it's interesting. When the, when the Packers have stepped up in class and played the elites of the of the league, Tampa Bay, they get the win and cover. Uh, Belichick, they get the win. Buffalo, they covered uh, in Buffalo, beat the Cowboys. Uh, I think they got a push against the Eagles. And they seem to play with their food when they step down and face like the dregs of the league, or or even like a Washington. You could tell they're just not into some of these games. I think they're going to be up for this one against Miami. Um, How about Monday Night Football? Have you looked at Chargers, Colts at all? We heard Nick Foles is now the starter for Indy.
6: I just feel, I I just feel so bad for Matt. I mean, I I feel bad for Matt Ryan until I remember the money and the trophies and the accolades (laughs) and all that stuff. But I mean, it's just, he's been benched twice now this year. He's been part of two of the worst or best, depending on what side you were on comebacks in the history of the NFL. And I I just, I I don't know what the future, like Indy just seems to be running like a dog chasing their tail. Like, I I just don't know. Like this move to Nick Foles should have been made weeks ago. And that to me, that was the move, like the Ellinger move didn't make sense. Then they go back to Matt Ryan and they kind of fumble a little bit around. And then all of a sudden now here we are back at Nick Foles. My guess is we see a little bit of a spark from Nick Foles, but I'll be honest, we haven't seen this guy in years, so I don't have no idea what to really expect from him. But I I think if you ask me gut feel gut reaction, we see a, a short term spark but if Jonathan Taylor can't play and it doesn't look like oh, that's going to no, happen. Oh, he's, he's – yeah, I think they ruled Taylor out for the season. That's IR. just – that's – that's such a. Hey, big what loss you didn't
5: you didn't grab Zach Moss in your fantasy league?
6: No, you know what the funny thing is <laughs> with all the gambling stuff the last three years, I I quit fantasy football. I, oh I no way! I couldn't deal with it anymore because I had oh. too many bets that were conflicting with my fantasy. Team. I know that is difficult. <laughs> really tough when you're rooting for one guy to not score because you need this, and then the other guy, but you bet on the over in the game. It's it, it's yeah. a, it's a tricky thread the needle. But I I, I think the Chargers, I want to buy into this Chargers team. I, I really do. And I, I think, I think there's a lot of upside there and if, if they're healthy at receiver and if the Colts, it'll be a fascinating matchup to see who Stefan Gilmore tries to mark in this game because pick your poison here. Do you, you know, do you take away the deep threat Williams or, or, or do you kind of take away what Keenan Allen does over the middle? Yep. But the Chargers really struggle to run the ball, and and that's that's a good thing because the Colts are really good against the run. Yannick Ngakwe played a heck of a game against the Vikings the other day. I think yeah. that Chargers offensive line is 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 a problem, and and that's where I think the Colts are going to have an advantage here. They're at home. Herbert will have to go silent count. It's a primetime game. I know the Colts are bad, but you know that that team still draws pretty well in that mm-hmm. building, especially. So I think it'll be silent count for Herbert, and it'll be a lot of you know quick. Quick moves off the ball for this really good Colts defensive line that has really put together uh, a good season despite the collapse last weekend. You know, mentality wise, like if you're a Colts player, probably pretty fired up for this game because everyone, you're the butt of every joke this week. And that's 10 that tends to be when I like to bet on teams in the NFL when everyone's talking smack and everyone's jumping off the bandwagon. These guys are pros. They hear everything that we're saying, and and I I think there's going to be a bounce back vibe to this indie defense this week. And this Chargers offensive line has really been a struggle. So while I really want to buy into L.A. I it's I just I really struggle with laying points with them, especially on the road.
5: Yeah. I'm curious if Bosa returns. Uh, welcome yeah. back to the league, Nick Foles. You get to go against Khalil Mack and Bosa. Bosa <laughs> hasn't played since week three. Derwin James slated to return. I, I want to dovetail that into a quick talk on futures. Sure. And You know, obviously, you know, buying the Dolphins futures now would be a perfect time. They've lost three in a row, numbers ticking up. But can this team win the AFC? I don't know. Um, It's a little late to be on the Bengals train. Uh, They seem like maybe they're the best team in the AFC. Um, Bills and Chiefs defenses look shaky. Uh, I don't know if you could buy Brock Purdy getting to the Super Bowl, but is there anything you've adjusted or laid uh looking at the futures market?
6: So I, I played the futures market very well when that Bengals-Chiefs game took place. I basically treated it as a slingshot, Jason. What I thought was if the Bengals win this game, their odds to win the Super Bowl are going to be, it's like a double win almost for their Super Bowl mm. odds because not only do they have a win over Kansas City, but you start to see some of the standings take shape and you start to see that, hey, maybe Cincinnati – when they manage up in class pretty good. So I I actually have a Bengals 16 to 1 ticket in my back pocket. I bet the Chiefs 8 to 1 earlier in the year. Those are the two tickets that I currently have positions on. I also have an Eagles to win the NFC ticket that I bet after I believe it was week 2 or week 3 because I saw their schedule and I was like, yeah, they're just they're going to be the one seed and then I'll just worry about who I really like come, you know, later in the season. So sometimes when I bet the futures market, I'm almost betting it to come off of it later knowing that I am right before a big market moving event at this stage of the season, there's not as many market moving events just because there's not as many games that are going to dictate seating and standings. So I'm not as bullish on buying the futures market at this stage of the year, but I'll be honest, if you're still pricing the Bengals below the Bills and the Chiefs, and I know the numbers moved a lot, but I put those three teams on the same tier in terms of who I think can actually win the Super Bowl. Now, if you want to say seating, Matchup, the road mm. to the Super Bowl, maybe a little bit tougher for Cincinnati. I can buy that and maybe a market a little bit lower. But right now I'm seeing Bills plus 160, Chiefs two plus 240, and the Bengals at five to one to win the AFC. Like to me, I, I think that number still has value because I, I don't see a world where the Bengals aren't in the AFC championship game. And no. that means that we're going to have a chance to buy off of that number and we'll see who's on the other side. Yeah. I just, I I really, really like this Bengals team. And I I think I, Kansas city and, 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 and Buffalo are great, but they rely a lot on their quarterbacks. And that means volatility. That means if a quarter, if Josh Allen has a bad game, I don't see the bills winning a playoff game, but if Joe burrow has a bad game, I could still see the Bengals stealing a playoff game, just like they did last year in Tennessee when he was sacked nine times. So I, to me, there's still some vibes where even though the prices move significantly over the last month, I, I still think Cincinnati has a little bit of upside, especially if they beat the Bills in a couple of weeks. If you want a market moving event that could still happen end of the season, that could be the game right there where you yeah. see all of a sudden Cincinnati and Buffalo, that gap shrinks.
5: The, I mean, I, it's probably wiser to look to the NFC, right, where Brock Purdy is a third-string quarterback. Jalen Hurts has this injury. Uh, that maybe the Cowboys make a run. But I, I'm going to go in the AFC. I see the Chargers sitting there at 14 sure. plus 1425 to win the AFC. And I think, hmm, last year, nobody would have taken the, the Bengals going into the playoffs to um, no. take down the number one seed, Tennessee, and then uh, go to Kansas City and win that um, and get to the Super Bowl. So, Chargers could have to go through Bengals, Bills, maybe even the Chiefs, if that's possible. But I'll tell you right now, Justin Herbert with a healthy set of receivers, the defense getting healthier. I could I, my, my bet on this year's Bengals would probably be the Chargers, although the AFC is just such a
6: gauntlet. Is I mean, the good news for the Chargers is they understand and they know how to beat the Chiefs. So yes. if there was a road to getting them to the AFC Championship game, if you bet a 14 to one to win the AFC, really your goal should be get in the AFC Championship game. And then I'll worry about the bet then and we'll see what the AFC. number is and we'll see if I can come off it in a, in a creative way. But at 14 to one, you're feeling really good if you get into that AFC Championship game a lot of it too i think is dependent on the bracket in that case when you get a team like the chargers because i would feel a lot more comfortable betting the chargers to win the afc if i know their divisional round game is against the chiefs that is yeah. kind of how i would strategize that so that number i think will likely be available you know once you continue to, and maybe it won't be 14 to 1 maybe it'll be 12 to 1 it'll probably still be available towards the end of the season when we have a much better idea of what the bracket looks like, because you have those three studs at the top of the AFC eating up all that equity. I don't see the chargers line moving considerably down, even if they win out down the stretch um, because of, you know, those, those three teams at the top. So that listen, Justin Herbert, just like I said, there in the Colts, you know, chargers breakdown. Like I, I, I want a reason to buy into this team, but as a favorite, I don't like them. And then of course, Brandon Staley scheming out some defensive things. I, I'll give him credit though. That defensive game plan he had against the Dolphins was was top notch. I mean, that was nuts and bolts, yeah. about as good as you can defend a really. We've, other we've than seen that, him kind of locked
5: down the Chiefs, right?
6: Yeah, exactly. And he's had yeah. good, and and he has understanding of, of of how to beat that offense too. So we've given Brandon Staley a lot of crap over the last couple of years for some of his decision making, but I give him credit over the last couple of weeks. I think he has this Chargers team pointing. And listen, that was a tough game last week against a Titans defense that gets into you, and that was a tight game late and. Justin Herbert made the throws down the stretch yeah. to win it. And, and that's kind of what you want, you know, your playoff pick to be. That's why I love Joe Burrow, because I just think it doesn't matter what kind of game the Bengals play. I think he is equipped to win and they have an understanding of how to get stops in big moments. You know, on the defensive side, Lou Anarumo has been unbelievable. So, yeah, yeah I, I'm I'm looking for off. You know, it's just like in horse racing. You want to try to unseat the favor. That's the only way to make any money. So, you know, you can bet on the Bills and the Eagles all you want right now. Odds are you're making a bad bet long term. I think you want to try to find somebody at this stage. Yeah, off the path a little bit. You get the Bengals. And then if you really want to go off pace, the Chargers certainly have the quarterback to take you down, down the road.
5: Yeah, all right. He has Jared Smith from Pixwise co-host the Bet MGM show every Saturday on Fox Sports Radio. Hey man, congrats on on the rise, Jared. Keep up the good work. Uh, you are four months now into Vegas. Uh, how close to the strip are you?
6: Far enough away to where I'm not tempted to go every day. Smart. I actually, li- yeah, I'm very smart. I actually live down in a neighborhood called Southern Highlands. I don't know if you're a golfer, but great golf uh, area. And there's a casino close by that's just close enough that has cheap craps. I'm a craps guy. You go to the oh, strip; geez. it's like the twenty five dollar minimums. I, I I'll go broke doing that.
5: <laughs> wow. Okay, craps in December. There you Jeez. go. All right. Good luck. <laughs> All right, Jared. Thanks a lot, man. <laughs>
0: Appreciate it.
3: 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.
2: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. The only thing better than sitting on your couch watching the game is making money while you do it. Here's your best bet.
5: Good stuff there from Jared Smith. Nice addition to Fox Sports Radio. He is on the uh, BetMGM countdown to kick off every Saturday on Fox Sports Radio. Good stuff, Jared. Um Week 16, it's, you know, it's weird. I just had this thought that the reason I had such a good run le- from like Thanksgiving to before last week, at least part of it, I think, is because the World Cup was there to take some of my attention away from the NFL. Otherwise, you can just stew over these games every single day, finding sides and angles and then countersides. It's just frustrating because you go back and forth. There's so much information. By the end of the week, you're just like, you know, information overload. But during the World Cup, it took a lot of the time away from being distracted on every single morsel of NFL news. So I was able to kind of go with the first instinct. And I had a great run, of course, as the World Cup winds down. Only a handful of games last week. I'm going back and forth. I love my picks, love my picks, and it didn't go well. So this week... Jeez, I wish I could say I was distracted by all the shenanigans um, leading up to Christmas. Obviously, my daughter's birthday week, which is very exciting. Um, you know, the the youth basketball starting up. Uh, big moves for Nekoxa. I'm sure you guys saw that I, on, on Instagram. We uh, One of the best goalies in the league played for Club America. And he was sold to a uh, a team, I believe, in Europe. And so they had a big needed goalie. Well, we have a young goalie who... Big price tag, and um, we sold him to Club America. So that that was kind of a big news. We're doing some fun uh, off season stuff with Necaxa. It's tough being here where I am, and you know, a couple of the owners went down for some of the preseason. There, we you know we have the new manager. Um, a lot of stuff happening internally moves are happening. And, you know, I'm communicating with them over text message and email. It's not as exciting as being on the ground, but things are in motion. And it's fun to be kind of part of that. If you guys heard on the herd, you know, we're playing, you know, armchair GM in the NFL. That's fun as hell. Well, on some level, I'm in the room, again, some level, not like in there, obviously, in in Mexico making the moves, but, you know, knowing what's happening and being part of the discussion, it's fun. And again, I'm not even integral because I'm not down there. I, you know, I've had some people. Would you want to be the GM of a team? Of course. You know how fun that would be. Of course, the high stress level. You know, you're out of the job in two, three years. But um, alas, let's get to NFL bets for Week 16. Very difficult week. Don't love a lot. I did. I do feel pretty good about. I think two picks. Number one, Green Bay Packers four and a half. Uh, Got him at four and a half, got him at four in Miami. Uh, Again, this is a good Miami team. This is, I believe, a a Green Bay team that's finally healthy at wide receiver. You guys know that this is the healthiest they've been at receiver all season. Lazard, Cobb, Dobbs, Watson, they have the weapons. Now, we didn't totally see it against the Rams. My read on that is they didn't want to uncork anything flashy. They're saving some stuff, possibly, for this game. We have not seen a really dynamic Watson... um, Gadget play? Remember, Watson has a phenomenal arm. He's an incredible athlete if you look at his history. Keep an eye out for Watson doing something special this week. I don't know if anybody's still alive in fantasy football. Small flex here. I Both of my teams are in the semifinals. My son's team is in the semifinals as well. But I, I think Watson's going to have a monster weekend. This great big team can score with the Dolphins, and I do believe they will get enough pressure on Tua – And I like the Packers four, four and a half. That's one of my two that I feel pretty good about. Uh, I did take the Pittsburgh Steelers' favor by two and a half against the Raiders. Raiders coming off a crazy win where they look great for a half, completely inept and lost for a half. And then they get the luck box victory on the crazy lateral interception run back by Chandler Jones. Now they have to go across the country Christmas week to play in the frigid temperatures in Pittsburgh, we've seen the Pittsburgh run defense get gashed by Baltimore, and then we saw them totally bottle up Carolina. Which one will it be this week against Josh Jacobs, T.J. Watt versus whoever? I-, I like this Pittsburgh defense. It's so weird, Pittsburgh. If they could be remotely consistent, and they do get Kenny Pickett back this week, that's a big one. Pickett, obviously, an upgrade from Mitchell Trubisky. I believe Pittsburgh has this. If I don't know if you guys remember this, I think it was last year these two played. And Pittsburgh was in total control. And then TJ Watt gets hurt. Does not play in the second half, and I knew I was toast. Watt goes out. No pressure. Carr has a great second half. Raiders win. I think that was last year. might have been two years ago. I think Pittsburgh gets revenge. That's probably going to be a play. We'll see when the lines come out later this morning for the weekend games. If it's two and a half, I think you have to take Pittsburgh. Um, I'm going to skip over the Tennessee game. We touched on it with Jared earlier. I just... You know, Malik Willis, he does not excite me at all. Houston stinks, but they burned me last week going against them. So I'm going to pass on that one. I know that you guys are going to hate this, and it seems to be a weekly recurring theme, but I think you've got to look hard at the Patriots against the Bengals. (laughs) Bengals have covered 11 of 12. 19 of 22. It is a staggering run. Is it smoke and mirrors? I don't know. But at some point, these injuries have to catch up with them. Don't they? Or can they just continue rolling and maybe they're the real Chiefs? Or or the Bengals are the real Buffalo Bills? This is a team that, I don't know, man. They just aren't losing games. It is truly incredible what Burrow and company are doing. And, you know, it's tough to get in front of those buses when it's rolling. But the Patriots getting three and a half at home? I would guarantee you, if you looked up all the times Bill Pelichick was getting more than a field goal at home, what do you want to guess they are? 70%? 75, 80 against the spread. It can't be many. Maybe 15 games. It's a stretch. Probably closer to like 5 to 10 games. Getting the hook at home? It's just, it's it's wild to me. Again, Mac Jones looked totally out of sorts against the Raiders, who are an atrocious pass defense. Now, the Bengals are really beat up. And Tom Brady moved it on him easily. Can Mac Jones do the same? We'll see. I mean, the Patriots rotating cast of running backs all seem to get the job done. Again, that's definitely a hold-your-nose play going against the Bengals, who right now are just killing everyone. Yeah, Philadelphia Eagles has to be a play. Gardner Minshew, and we talked about it with Jared, Gardner Minshew coming off the, giving a eulogy at Mike Leach's memorial this week. You know he's going to be dialed in and wanting to, um, you know, so to speak, win one for my coach. And it's not like he doesn't have the weapons. There will not be elements to deal with. I think the Philly defense can rattle Dak Prescott. We've seen him rattled. I mean, hell, the Jags really messed with Dak Prescott last week. One bad interception. The unlucky pick six off Noah Brown's hands. I think my guess is that this is lower scoring, the familiarity. Nobody's going to want to lose the game early. Um, I think Dak is in a bit of a funk, so I, I expect a heavy dose of Pollard and Zeke, and a lot of short stuff. So I think this will be lower scoring, but I do think the Eagles can get, if you can get six, great. It seems to be pinging all the way around between one, uh, I'm sorry, it was one earlier this week. Then it got up to six, then it was five and four. Now it looks like it's back up to five here as we're recording. It, very, very interesting setup. Now there is one game that I did not talk about with Jared. It was this Niners-Washington game. If you were, I, I had my son's sixth grade basketball draft Sunday night. We did it at this local bar. And I'm, of course, you know, they have the game on the television. And I'm watching. And every time I look up, I'm like, this isn't the Taylor Heineke that I've come to know and love for the last five or six weeks. Taylor Heineke, I've been on such a good run, not making mistakes. Uh, you know, moving the chains, the, just the basics, Taylor. Give me the basics, and then occasionally throw one up for McLaurin, occasionally throw one up for for Dotson and let them make a play. But other than that, just don't lose the game. And then Taylor Heineke, sack, fumble, run back for the touchdown by Thibodeau. Well, he's now facing a much better defense than San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco's defense is much better than the New York Giants' We've seen them get in the face of Tua, totally rattled him. Geno Smith had been hot. He could do nothing. Folks, uh, you know, I, I know it's Brock Purdy, and you kind of want to fade him, and seven is a big number to be laying against a good run defense. But Kyle Shanahan versus the old organization that could have made him head coach and did not, and Taylor Heineke maybe looking over his shoulder at the potential of Carson Wentz replacing him. That's all the media was asking. Well, what, Heineke screwed up. you going back to Wentz. I mean, if Heineke has an early mess-up, are we going to see Wentz? And come on, guys. I You know, I wouldn't trust Carson Wentz to pick up my mail if I was on vacation. Come on, that guy is a walking disaster. And against Bosa and company? Oof. No shot. So I think you got to really look at the seven with San Francisco. This is a team right now. It's weird. I won't lay three and a half on the road with the Bengals, but I will gladly lay seven at home with San Fran, simply because of what I've seen from that defense. It's not going to be popular laying the big number with a third-string quarterback, eventually Purdy will will struggle, right? Will they get extra time? Washington cross-country travel. And, and I you just have to wonder. Washington probably will want to bounce back strong. So maybe in the first half, they're alive. But this is a San Francisco team. Just go look at the recent opponents they faced. You cannot move the ball on these guys. Unless you're banking on Brock Purdy, you know, vomiting all over himself like Taylor Heineke has done uh, last week against the Giants. You know, I don't see how San Fran doesn't get margin here. Could this easily be a 17-9, you know, 20-10 to type game? Sure. But I think in most scenarios, San Fran covers if, you know, I know some people want to make a case for the dog here, and I understand that, you know, Washington is good. Jason, you like them so much going into the Giants game. Yeah, and they outgain the Giants, I think, by 100 yards. They moved the ball well, but again, when it mattered most, did Taylor Heineke deliver? These high leverage moments, can you count on a, a, a backup quarterback against the number one defense in the league, and they're playing at home? I, I just, I can't, so for, for me, and again, we're doing this early in the week on Thursday, those are the games that I have mostly circled. I I will, actually, we won't. I was going to say, I'll, we'll talk about Chargers Colts. Nick Foles has now been named the starter, I like the Chargers in, uh, in Monday night uh, football. I, I know you people are saying, geez, Jason, come on. You're laying more than a field goal with the Chargers? Yeah, why not? This is a team getting very healthy. Jonathan Taylor now out for the year. I've got to wonder if you're in that Colts locker room, you hear the reports about, um, what's the kid's name from Iowa State? Uh, Matt Campbell looking to be the next head coach. Ursay's looking at him. Ursay's clearly over Jeff Saturday. I mean, you blow all these leads. You look as bad as the Colts have. It's tough to make a case for those guys. I, I think Herbert and the offense is as healthy as they've been outside the offensive line. Uh, Allen and Williams are really making this team just very dynamic. I, 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 You guys heard me with Jared. I think this Chargers team has the potential to go on a Bengals-type run. Now, offensive line is shaky, but Herbert can make a lot of saves. He comes down to, can Staley cook up enough defensively now, hopefully, Derwin James is back this week, and Bosa will check the practice reports. It is Monday Night Football, so and Christmas is on uh, Sunday. So I don't know exactly what the practice schedule will be. So you got probably wait on it, but, you know, four and below, I think, uh, Chargers are the side for me. So that'll be it for us on the podcast Christmas week. We'll be back on Tuesday, I think. I'm pretty sure we'll be back on Tuesday. Uh, Everybody have a happy, safe Christmas, uh, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever it is that you celebrate. Um, Thanks for listening
7: to the podcast, and we'll be back next week. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City.